0: Hello, and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Baska, and I am happy to announce that we have just been named to the top 40 social justice podcasts by Feedspot. So hey, but in other news, I'm speaking today with director Darisha Kai about her film Mama Bears, about women who have learned to embrace their LGBTQ plus children. So I want to thank you so much for, first of all, creating this documentary, Mama Bears, that is incredible. It took South by Southwest by storm. You guys even went to protest at the Capitol building at the same time. There was a lot of really great momentum around this documentary in light of what's been done specifically against trans youth lives in Texas. And so I wonder for you, what has been the biggest revelation with this film?
1: Well, I don't know that there have been any revelations since the film came out. One thing that um, surprised me, well, didn't really surprise me. Like we had always intended to have an impact campaign for the film where we were going to take it to churches and community centers and have these deep listening conversations um, using tool, nonviolent communication tools and skills. And, we had planned to do the festival run and then have the launch the impact campaign. But, but so many people have started to reach out wanting the film that we have decided to start the impact campaign as soon as we possibly can. So that's, that's been a welcome surprise, but also a lot more work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine it's so difficult to be constantly trying to both market and have an impact simultaneously
1: and tour with the film go to festivals and do press and yeah it's it's a lot i had to take a nice vacation in between (laughs) (laughs) after i finished the film because i was just spent we are going to um really roll this thing out with intention you know and get it into get as many people to see it as we possibly can especially
0: those who we think need the film you know Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Because a film like this, where you're specifically talking about protecting trans lives and protecting gay youth and LGBTQIA plus voices, and really coming from a place of love and inclusion, a lot of times you end up preaching to the choir if you're only playing at the festival circuit.
1: Right. And that's not the point. You know, choir's already on board.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So for you reaching out now, what have been the best places you've found for looking for people who might need this message?
1: Well, we're just at the beginning of that process. So we haven't really begun yet. We're still in the planning stages. So, I mean, the people who are reaching out are mama bears, Mm. mama bear groups and um, social issue organizations and churches. They're reaching out for the film. Churches that are either recently become affirming, are trying to become affirming, are questioning, you know, their values and beliefs and and are open to having these kinds of conversations. That's who we want. Um, And then I think it's really important for the queer community as well, because they need to know that these women exist and they need to know that there are resources available for them
0: and that there's support, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's who we're trying to reach. I wonder how much pushback you've found in both communities. Have you found that it's difficult at all? No, not yet. Oh. May not, but no, nothing. No pushback at all. That's wonderful. But I
1: mean, we we haven't really started working with those communities yet. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just in the festival circuit right now.
0: Yeah. But even so, a lot of times you find that People in the queer community don't necessarily always want to highlight Christian voices because of the eons of prejudice that have existed there in general. And for me personally, as a queer disabled woman, I always look to these kind of conversations as an opportunity to further people's understanding. But I also know that there are a lot of people who are always afraid of giving voice to The other side
1: well i think it's clear that these women are no longer on the other side
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: and i mean you know if if if, fear is fine right my my philosophy is feel the fear and do it anyway like i'm not gonna let fear stop me from having the kind of conversation because we cannot move forward unless we come together as a people we cannot move forward with all this division all this infighting and all this total lack of compassion and understanding Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whoever doesn't want to be part of the conversation, that's fine. Right. That's their right. But I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because some people have some feel some kind of way. Right. Yeah. Feelings are just feelings. Right. And they pass. So, what I've learned about feelings is to allow feelings, allow for feelings. Right. It's okay that you feel whatever you feel, but that has nothing to do with the actions that I'm taking or mm-hmm. intend to take. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, the trick is to respect people's feelings, but not let them determine who you are or what you're doing.
0: And the other thing that I think is so beautiful about this film is the way that you encourage authentic and active listening.
1: So important. It's so it's so lacking in our culture right now.
0: Yeah. It is one of the main
1: problems that we have is that everybody has something to say, but nobody wants to listen. Right. So everybody's just talking in a void. Just <laughs> nah, 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 right. Because why? Why? That's not conversation, right? Real conversation requires listening.
0: Even just the context of listening to your child and to who your child's identity is, what drives you in this fight and what drove you to make this film?
1: Well, there's a lot of things that drive me. I'm a queer woman as well. Um, I'm not religious and I didn't grow up in a religious family. So I did not experience this, the kind of shaming and, and persecution and, you know, judgment that a lot of queer people who grow up in very conservative religious families do, but I know people who did, including um, people I love deeply who have gone through that experience and been scarred by it. So I've seen the effects and I've seen the kind of damage that can do. So there's that. Then there's just all the hate-filled rhetoric and the laws that are being passed that as someone who believes that everyone has equal rights or should have equal rights, it angers me and it motivates me to do something about it. And it was bad before the film came out, but the film somehow has come out at a time when it couldn't be needed more. You know, Mm -hmm. there's something very divine about the timing of the release of the film, I I think, because, you know, in my plans, that film was going to be out last year or the year before, but if it had come out then, it would have gotten lost in the midst of the pandemic. Nobody would have seen it. It would have been virtual screenings. And you know what I mean? And it's so important to me that, People are in the audience and are able to talk to each other and able to process together and able to talk to me, you know, and able to, um, I don't know, there's just something important to me about conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like the film came out exactly when it was supposed to come out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very, very, very excited to see what what the film can do to shift things, you know, We had a screening recently where there was a grandmother in the audience who uh, raised her hand during the Q&A and said, you know, I am an evangelical Christian. I am the grandparent of a non-binary child. And this has been really, really hard for me. And I have not been able to understand. I've been struggling with this. And the film has helped me realize and understand. And I am going to become a mom there.
0: Well, that's everything right there. That's
1: everything. And that doesn't happen as easily if, well, I mean, I guess it can happen if people are sitting at home alone, but I think it happens also more because there, there are people there. There are, you know what I mean? There, there's, there's this feeling, you know, when the film ends, there's this warmth that everybody kind of feels right. And in that safe space, people can change, people can shift. Right. Yeah. So that's the point.
0: No, it absolutely is. One of the other aspects I love to this film is the way that you talk a little bit at a distance, but still you talk about intersectional identity and the way that that plays a little bit of a part in your gender expression and your sexuality expression. And I love that you use examples for your subjects of people who have different kinds of cultural identities, so that it's not one monolithic image of what gay or trans or non-binary could be. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're all complex and multidimensional and extremely diverse. So you do a disservice, you know, if you don't try to encompass and portray that.
0: It's so true. But so many people neglect really the complexity that's brought into it from looking through the lens of what is it specifically to this experience that happens when you are a trans female versus a trans male versus coming from a Hispanic identity from an African American identity. And there are so many giant questions wrapped up in that. But I love that you at least honor that experience in the way that you put this together.
1: Well, as a black woman, you know, it was very important to me to have some black representation in the film. There's no way I'm going to make a movie um, especially given um, the complexity of the Black church to the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's no way that I was not going to include that in the film, right? And I always wanted it th- th- to be not just like, I don't I didn't want it to be a trans, just a trans story. I didn't want it to be just mm-hmm. a gay story. You know what I mean? I wanted to, d- to embrace the community. So we were always looking for parents with different kinds of children.
0: And I don't know if you've been following the career of Gerard Carmichael at all, by chance? Uh-huh. A little bit, yeah. And have you seen the special of Rathaniel, where he has a lot to say specifically about Black women and the Black church in general? It's a TV special he recorded that is the first time he officially comes out as gay to his audience. I love it. And he specifically talks about how it's Black women in the church that have made him feel the most marginalized of anyone. Wow. But mostly over dating white men.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah.
1: <laughs> black women are very protective, very, I mean, as a group, that's a, that's a gross generalization. But generally speaking, black women are, you know, it's, that's, it's a complex issue. It's just a very complex issue, interracial dating, whether it's a gay man, a straight man, a a woman or, you know, whoever.
0: (laughs) But it's fascinating, though, to see very frank discussion of these issues. It's necessary. It's so necessary. And it's been missing from the dialogue for so long.
1: Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely
0: at least partially because everything has been structured from a white lens for so long that we haven't had space for these kinds of conversations
1: that and like in our, in our culture, uh, we are very reluctant to air dirty laundry
0: before white people. Yeah. For good reason.
1: (laughs) For a lot of reasons, right. For a lot of reasons. So, so there's that. Yeah. That's, that's why, I mean, and that doesn't mean that those conversations haven't been happening, but they, probably just
0: haven't been public. Right. And there's a lot of shame that gets associated automatically with feeling that you have to hide it, you have to conceal it in some way. Right. Whether or not that should be there is a whole other question. But I love that in this film, it feels like such a warm hug. (laughs) You do such a wonderful job of feeling these communities deeply and you also want to go and hug someone it was hard for me to watch this by myself i'll be very honest because i just wanted to go find someone yes
1: yes yes well it's interesting that you mentioned shame i don't you know someone i've some one of the criticisms i've gotten from people is that you know the film isn't that critical that um i let the moms off the hook for the things they did to their kids in the past you know and i'm like that's not my job to punish people that's not my job to shame people that's not my philosophy i don't i don't i believe that shame serves no purpose except to stop people right mm-hmm. it does not help people it is not something that is is positive and it is not something that is useful to anyone's growth shame just makes you shrink it doesn't make you expand it doesn't open your heart it do, it doesn't do anything but hurt you And damage you, right? So you're never going to see a film that I've made that's shaming someone. I think that by not shaming people and giving them the space to just speak their truths, you get this um, vulnerability, right? People feel safe that they can open up and they can share things with you that might be embarrassing, that might be um, shameful, right? Right. That might be that people will want to judge, like, you know, the fact that Kimberly used to spank Kai or that Sarah told Parker, just don't be gay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or that Tammy tells her daughter that you can't be gay and Christian. Like those those things that they are saying are their truths, Right. This is part of their journey. And it's complex. It's not simple. People want to make things black and white, but it's not black and white. It's very it's complicated. Right. And it's a journey. And so along the way, you're going to fall, you're going to stumble, you got to get back up, keep walking, you know, you're going to cry, you're going to laugh, you're going to have a whole gamut. And for me, as a filmmaker, that is the beauty of it all mm-hmm. that complexity, that multi dimensionality, that vulnerability, right? When the people that I'm interviewing trust me, then they share those things easily, right? Because they understand that I am not trying to shame them, that I am not judging them, mm-hmm. right? My um, last film was about a singer named Chavela Vargas, a lesbian singer. And Chavela lost a lot of years of her life to alcoholism. She was physically abusive sometimes. She had a lot of rage because her parents rejected her as a child, you know? And so she had that thing where a lot of people who've been damaged in childhood don't want you to get too close to them, right? Because they don't want to be vulnerable. But people were like, oh my goodness, you know, you showed the light and the dark and the, and, and, you, and you talked about the alcoholism without judging. Like, yeah, because don't you know some alcoholics?
0: <laughs> I think we all do.
1: And don't you still love those people if they're your family and your friends and your dad and your uncle? Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not simple. It, we're all on these journeys and we're all struggling and we all have weaknesses, and we all have strengths. And so that's to me, that's the point is like, here's someone who's willing to share all of their story with you, right? Mm -hmm. That is a gift.
0: That is a blessing. It really is. And you did such a stunning job bringing all of that together into one narrative. But I have to ask over the course of those five years, how many subjects did you originally follow versus how many ended up in the film?
1: So we started our first shoot was with Sarah. So mm-hmm. I've been uh, shooting with Sarah since this, I, I shot with Sarah since the spring of 2017, when she had her first free mom hugs tour and she came to Stonewall Inn in New York and I was living in New York at the time. And um, so, she, so I, always she was part of the story, right? And then we shot with Kimberly and Kai, and so they became part of the story. Um, but I had this vision of, like, a, a tapestry of mama bears, you know, as well as LGBTQ people. And I shot with a lot of mama bears, who I'm so grateful to for sharing their stories with me. Other than these three, I shot with a lot of people over those five years. Well, we shot for three and a half years. We have been we were in post for almost two years. So, And then we started to post before we finished shooting. So for about three and a half years, I shot with clergy. I shot with um, LGBTQ people. I shot with a bunch of mama bears. I shot, I mean, I just shot. There's so much footage. So much footage that I want to make some videos to put on the website of of, um, stories that didn't make it into the film, right? That I think are still very important, moving, beautiful stories. Um, Like for example, there was a guy named Jeffrey Rudell on a show called Making It. And he talked about how, you know, in his little backstory that they do on these competition shows. He talked about how his parents sent a black wreath to his family when he came out to them in honor of their dead son. Wow. Yeah. And so the so Liz Dyer saw that on TV, was outraged. And she and the Mama Bears wrote this incredibly beautiful letter and sent it to him. And 1100 Mama Bears signed the letter. So we shot with him and we shot with her. And we had her read the letter, and we had him read the letter and it's just a
0: beautiful, beautiful,
1: beautiful thing. But there was no place for it in the film. So, you know, I had this vision of all these different people and it was gonna be this tapestry and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then we started editing it and it was like reality set in, right? It's like, yeah. um, so you are you gonna make a two hour or a three hour movie? No, 90 minutes, right? 90 minutes, three characters. They need to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, each one of them. And then there's the Mama Bear, which is the fourth, the Mama Bear's group, which is the fourth character, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way all these other people can fit into this film, right? And so, you know, you have to make those kind of, We in, in the film industry, we call it killing babies. <laughs> because you fall in love with these moments and these people and these images and these stories. And then you have to, like, yeah. out, 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 out. you know I mean there's there's lots of things like that that I just tell you know some of them will be outtakes on the DVD when we release DVDs and some of them will be live on our website once we revamp it um, just you know because I think some of these stories are just priceless yeah and also like like I was saying like when people share their stories with you it's a gift so all these people gave me these gifts I don't want to throw those gifts away
0: you know Mm -hmm.
1: I want them to see the light of day.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's so hard when you're working on shaping a story to have to cut out any little piece. So it's wonderful that you're still able to honor them in that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, that, well, that's part of the process. You have to be able to do that. You know? I, I, the, part of what makes it easier for me is that I believe that the story has its own life. The story that wants to be told. Right? I am in service to that story as a, as a storyteller. Right. Mm-hmm. So I let the story dictate what stays and what goes. So, so then the point becomes, does it work? Is it making the story work? Is it, you know, and if it's not making if it's not an integral part of the story, then bye bye. Mm. And it, it's not personal, you know, and it's not my fault. <laughs> 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 it's the story. In there, so. <laughs> but also the other the other piece of that is feedback. You know, mm-hmm. so along the journey, you're sending out cuts to people that you trust, who are either great storytellers themselves or just people whose opinions you value. And you send it out, and they come back with their responses. Well, this worked, that didn't work. I don't understand this. What's this about? You don't need that. Right? Yeah. That's invaluable. That's absolutely invaluable. So, in between the two, between the story being like, well and the people being like well, you're like okay well i love it but nobody else does so i guess it's got to go
0: <laughs> and so much of that is just filmmaking in the general sense killing your babies killing your darlings that's exactly. what you gotta do that's what you gotta
1: do but i'm trying to find a way for my darlings to live elsewhere
0: <laughs> yeah no and i think that's beautiful thank you And there's so much to this film that I think is going to have such a powerful impact on so many communities. I can't wait to see what it does. I really can't. But I want to thank you so much for your time and for this conversation. I really deeply appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck in this continued fight and this continued journey. And I hope it's amazing.
1: It is already amazing. It's been amazing and it will continue to be amazing. It's just gonna get bigger and
0: bigger and bigger. True confessions, I was at South by Southwest and wanted to physically get to your protest on the Capitol steps. And I couldn't physically get there because of my disabilities. It was just too hard. I was in a power chair and it just made everything really complicated. But I love that you did that work. And I really wish I could have seen it in that context while I was there. I love that you're doing this.
1: Well, you know, we had to do something, you know, yeah. like, we're there, this is happening this film is like, the film is like a direct response to that kind of legislation, right? to that kind of hateful legislation, because let me be clear, there's nothing loving about what people are, what these Republicans are doing across the nation and it is not being done because they genuinely care they don't care they don't give a damn about trans kids no right they don't really care about trans issues like this is just a way for them to galvanize their bases and get voted back into office and that's all it is mm-hmm. that's all it is so you know we have to fight
0: we do it's just
1: it we to fight
0: we have to fight as everyone else in the country seems to be trying to stir up hate we have to fight it with love and i love that that's what you're doing Warriors of love, honey. Nice, nice. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you so much for this interview. And best of luck with everything.
1: Thank you, thank you,
0: thank you. Bless you. You too. Take care.
1: You too. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on Support the Show in the show notes. We don't want your money, we want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.